Thundar the Barbarian. Year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Uplo the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is Thundar, the Barbarian. early I suppose Warren is moments away from calling me I'm in my studio otherwise known as my work vehicle can you hear the vibration that's Warren hang on hang on Warren okay, mate. <laughs> we're recording already I figured <laughs> Hang on, is that as loud as it goes? I'm using, uh, hang on. I need the light in me bloody, uh, where are we? Uh, I need the light in my... Um... Did you dig a hole, did you? Climb down into it. Oh, that's better. Now you're as loud as you normally are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I'm already uh, I'm already waiting in the studio here, Warren. Fantastic. And per- perfect timing, because I just set myself up with a with a supply of beer and, uh, <laughs> and my notes. And, um, Brilliant. Ready to fucking rock and roll. Excellent, mate. That's great. Well, I've set myself up in my Porter studio. Um, (laughs) Otherwise known as the work vehicle. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, no, not the work vehicle. In my other vehicle. That's right. You've got got a whole fleet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) This is is Big Waz 2. I feel like taking it for a ride. So how the fuck are you, beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. A bit loose tonight. Oh, oh good. Shit. Hang Excellent. on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've got kids coming to spy on me in the car. All right. Uh, what do you want? Just... We're recording live right now, guys. Really? I'm sorry, Warren. <laughs> I hate children, I'm Warren. I hate them. <laughs> no. Yes, you're in the recording right now. Hello, guys. I love you guys. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, <laughs> All my fans out there, I love you so much. Just say uh, that you love Fly on the Wall podcast and um, get out! I hate Fly on the Wall We really don't no. like it. It's kind of like really annoying. But anyway, guys, please subscribe to my channel and press <laughs> What's the actual question? Can you? Well, it's, yeah, I'm not pressing oh. stop, so what's your problem? <laughs> Talk about pirate radio. I didn't realize it was going to happen live. Skip, I don't know. Hang on, because this phone's connected to Stan, so I've got to try and <laughs> figure out. Do you know how to work? The, you know how to work this phone without losing the phone call, though. Yeah. You're gonna refuse. Hang on, Warren. You've been hoarding All right. beer. So You've been hoarding beer. Are you still there, Warren? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, mate. okay. You've been hoarding. I'm beer. Hang on. on. Yep. Um, what? 
No, it's just I just got it from the fridge. Um, what are you trying to do? On, Press the arrow that goes up. We got the phone from the fridge. How do you press next? Do you just go all the way? Hang on, no, hang on. Just do that. Just do that. Just go. All Sorry, the way. Warren. This is uh, this is uh, <laughs> recording, highly this, eh? highly professional. No, no. Fly on the wall, mate. Fly on the motherfucking wall. Oh. Pardon the French. Yeah, Sorry. Kid, kids. Pardon. <laughs> They're not as free and uh, easygoing as your yeah, children, yeah, Warren. Loose this year. Pardon, you pardon everybody. You just don't think we are. Okay, I think we're right now. No, we're not. Well, it went over to the next one. Yep. Yeah, that's it. It's Isn't done. It? No, it didn't because one? it's still faith in. Oh, yeah. Next episode. Next episode. Woo! All right. Get out. Get out. Close the door. Love you. <laughs> Close the door. Love you. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so that was... <laughs> sorry sorry about my cursing there, mate. I completely nah, forgot nah, that they actually right. be that's listening right. to it. I know, you know, you swear at all your children, but uh, no. Yeah, yeah, I choose not, not to. I choose not to. Um, <laughs> all right, so now I've got... A screensaver on here. How do I get rid of that? Oh, we'll just. I don't know, mate. We'll just crack on with the show, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Quality control. Oh, after, the all that, after all that stress, I need another beer. Yeah, because you, you started off nice and loose. Oh, Is that what you were saying? Loose. I'm still pretty loose. Yeah, good. Pretty I was going to say. I mean, it, it shouldn't make too much of a difference to normal. You know, Sorry, <laughs> you normally no. start off most shows pretty loose. I was just thinking. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, yeah worries, episode mate. 51, this is um, Fly on the Wall Welcome. podcast. It certainly is. <laughs> and you're? Uh, my name's Luke. And I'm Big Was. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing back the professionalism. <laughs> yes, trying uh, to rein this bad boy back in. You know what it reminded me of, though? It reminded me when your, uh, when your sweet child came up to you and asked you something when you were recording something for the yeah, podcast that's once. absolutely, mate, and, and you, I didn't want to lose that either. Well, you were lovely and sweet back to your child. I was, I was aggressive and abusive. <laughs> Get out, go. Get no. out of my sight. It's all in good jest. They're good kids. That's right. Go back to the back garden. <laughs> it's night time here, by the way, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it is now. We've uh, got daylight savings uh, gone. So now, oh. like 7.30, it's pitch black, which is... Heartbreaking, um, mate. Heartbreaking. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it doesn't really bother me, but I Don't do... start with your rubbish accepting everything. <laughs> all right. I do like the, uh, you know, the light until it's like eight thirty. Yeah, that's it, mate. It's nice. That's it. How's your week I'd been? Love How to you... live... Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say I'd love to live uh, in the in the northern climes uh, where they do get a short period of time where there is twenty four hour daylight. Oh, that'd be it'd be hard work, I reckon. Be surreal, but I reckon it'd be interesting to spend like a week in that environment and just sort of see what it does to the body clock. I'd probably die. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'd take my life before the end of the seven days. Jeez. <laughs> oh, There's too much brightness. Oh, too I haven't much slept for 55 hours. <laughs> I don't know, like somewhere where you can appreciate what it means to have the daylight too, like, I don't know, like Siberia or, like, northern Alaska or northern Canada or something. Does that mean there's countries that have, like, the opposite end of the of the world? Does that mean there's, like, countries where it's just total darkness? Oh, well, in the northern and the North Pole and the South Pole... Oh, yeah, yeah, of um, course. They, ...they actually get a couple of months where it's, it's almost completely dark. Is that where the Josh Hartnett 30 Days of Night is set? Exactly, Barrow, Alaska, ah, oh, which is up yeah. on the north coast. Wow. Yeah. What a what a great setting for a vampire movie, isn't it? I yeah, reckon. yeah. I mean, it's something to pass on to some producers somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like As the, an idea. Well, they've already done it with Josh Hartnett. Yeah, I know. That's oh, why yeah. I was being silly. Yeah. Fucking hell, Warren. 
<laughs> no, but like, yeah, yeah it's a what, good a, idea, what, a, what a concept. Yeah, I love it. It wasn't the, the best uh, horror or vampire movie in existence. No, nah, no. Nah. But the concept by itself is an awesome concept. So before you even go in, you're just like, oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. What, whatever happened to Josh Hartnell? I don't hear from him anymore. He was quite the quite the flavour of the year. Did he used to point. call you regularly, mate? Yeah, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> he would call me each morning before his, like, uh, Zumba session, and he would, yeah. you know, sort of tell me the down low, what's going on in Hollywood, all the latest gossip. And I haven't heard from him since Probably about 2011. I think is the last I heard from him. Uh, well, I actually think this will this will uh, this will bring you back. Um, he was actually in Penny Dreadful. Oh, he was too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is only a couple yeah, so of years old. Yeah, which I enjoyed actually. Yeah, I it was, thought good. He was quite good. I thought in that, James but, Bond um, was really good in it. <laughs> yes, he was. He was excellent in it. He was great. <laughs> James, what? You don't know his actual name? <laughs> nah, uh, Timothy Dalton. Well done, Oh, see? fuck me. I'm, yeah, smarter than I You're look. You're a smart guy, mate. <laughs> Beer actually makes me a little bit smarter, I feel. It does. I think it hones the edge. <laughs> yeah. It hones the dull edge that you normally carry around. <laughs> um, what yeah, is it, mate? But has he done any movies, Josh Hartnett? Josh Hartnett? Like, uh, like you in know, in recent years. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he probably has, but I'm not a big, uh, not unlike you, yeah. um, I'm not a big Hartnett fan and follower. Um, he was, I'm certainly not in regular contact with him. So. He was great in Lucky Number 11. Have you seen that? No. That's really good. I think you'd actually like it. You should never ask me if I've seen anything. That's Just true. assume I haven't. <laughs> That's true. And then I'll offer it up if I have. <laughs> so maybe maybe Brendan Fraser's gone the way, I mean, <laughs> Josh Hartnett has gone the way of Brendan Fraser. What? <laughs> I was wondering why you said Brendan Fraser. You just always have him there lingering in your mind. I've only had four beers, so I think I'm still quite lucid. <laughs> Look, that's okay, mate. I reckon I can forgive that. Yeah. No, I um, I don't know, mate, but I, I guess he's probably still in a few bits and pieces here and there, but, you know, some people, they stay in the foreground of movies. They don't seem to change much, so they're still bankable. Yeah. But... Um, not to not to try and pick someone specific, but I will. Yep. Uh, like Top Gun, right? Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah. Is, yep. They've delayed the release until I think much later this year now. Oh, they realise uh, it's going to be a pile of shit. Is that why? Or no, no. I, you know what? I reckon. Uh, I think the thing with Tom Cruise is that they he likes to do his own stunts or as many of his own stunts as he can. Yeah, yeah. And I think that Which translates good. well. Good. good. Yeah, I think it translates well when they can do it and they show that it's him performing the stunt. Yeah. And I think they've probably done that as much as they can in this movie as well. But, um, see, now he probably hasn't changed that much when you look at him. Like, yeah. he's done pretty well. Uh, whereas, unfortunately... Tom uh, Skerritt? Kelly- <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? I think, I think they used him as some of the leather seat for the motorbike that he rides. <laughs> yeah. Is he still alive, Skerritt? I think Skerritt's still kicking on. Fucking asshole. Uh, unless he's died recently, in which case... Fingers crossed, eh? Fingers crossed. Harden it'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Harden it and Scarrett uh, are hanging out. <laughs> Kelly McGillis, uh, who was the, the love interest in the first Top Gun, which was, oh, yeah. what, 1986. Wow, good memory, yeah. Uh, she wasn't approached uh, to be in the follow-up. No, she's probably like a drunky, a junkie whore now, is she? <laughs> Uh, well, not quite. Um, I think she just got older, but she's just she just looks like your, your everyday, you know, late fifties, early sixties 
person, whereas because yeah. I, I think she was a bit older than Tom Cruise at the I bet time they, anyway. I bet they get some, like, young floozy to be his love interest, you know? Yeah, why not, eh? Why not? <laughs> Who would you choose to be his love interest other than yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I'd probably choose Val Kilmer to be his love oh, yeah. interest. <laughs> oh, is Val Kilmer going to be in it? He is. Oh, okay. He's, was he Iceman? He was indeed, mate. That's why I, every time I play a video game or any kind of game where you any need to make up game. a name, I'm always yep. Iceman. That's why. Is it because <laughs> you've got a crush on Val Kilmer? Yeah, always have had. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. He actually has had a, is it called a tracheotomy? When they A tracheotomy? A tracheotomy? Is that where they... That's where you put a like a pen into your throat. throat, yeah. Yeah, I think he's had one because he had throat cancer. Oh, wow, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so he said something, I read something the other day about that his voice has changed yeah. because of that operation. Okay. Um, and so I don't know what his role is in the new Top Gun movie, Yeah. but I'm kind of interested to see what they do, like if they they use that as something that's happened to him in, in the past. I'd or, say yeah, if his so voice has changed that much, then they might. So it's not one of those things where it's always like this, oh, robotic, like that, is it? I don't think so. I think it's... Um, it's healed, but okay. it's changed the character of his voice, so he doesn't sound like him. Because you, okay. yeah. you imagine like Willow or Top Gun or any, you know any of the other movies of Batman for uh, forever. Yeah, he has a certain kind of tone. Kiss, yeah, kiss, bang, changed. bang. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Actually, Robert Downey Jr. Time, but, Brilliant movie. Yeah. That's a really good movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what the hell were we talking about? Where it got to Top Gun? We were talking about Josh Hartnett, weren't we? Uh, I'm not sure, but our thirty intros, days of night. Our intros are often a daylight. bit of a, a shambolic uh, display of circus freaks and other wonders. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> that's it, uh, but I'll tell you that's this: it. I'll tell you a word for nothing, Warren. For nothing, I don't have to pay for this no, one like I normally free. do. This is all for free. Excellent. Ready Thank for it? You. I'm ready. Motorcade. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's perfect. Now, back, cast your memory back to episode 48. Don't you like Calvacade? Don't you like Calvacade? I, don't think, I don't think Calvacade is actually a thing of anything. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where you got that word from, but let, let's remind remind our, um, our listeners, episode 48, we got talking about loose, very loosely, we got talking about JFK <laughs> getting shot, and in his, in we couldn't figure out or remember what a, um, yep. in a collection of cars is called... <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I actually, I actually was told by a listener of ours, a client, a client of mine called Jade, who had said to me, "It's motorcade." I was like, "Oh yeah," and I meant to say it to you on the last few episodes, but um, then we got uh, a lovely, we got a, yeah, we <laughs> got a lovely, we got a lovely email from our our long term listener Mark and friend of the show yeah. um, from Massachusetts, and yeah, and he also reminded us. He that also it's came motorcade. in with it, did he? Thanks, Mark and Jade. I appreciate you uh, cleaning up our act yeah. for us because we rarely do come back and correct ourselves. Well, we, so we've thanks. said it before, we're as bad, we're as, as, as smart as a, or dumb as a bag of yeah. dicks. And, and how long it took you to say that was a great example well, of just five beers. Five beers, Warren. <laughs> five beers. <laughs> no, I won't, I won't keep using that as an excuse, I promise. Can I use half a coffee as an excuse? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. If you can use five beers, I can get half a coffee in there. How Surely. How have you been surviving the apocalypse, Warren, so far? Yeah, 
great, mate. I, I, I've organised a, a ragtag group of survivalists. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, getting on, we're getting along great guns. We've, uh, we've salvaged a school bus. Um, we've raided a supply depot. So is this, is this like you, Josh Hartnett, Val Kilmer, Tom Skerritt? And the yeah, other, Tom Cruise, and Kelly that, McGillis. Yeah, that bitch you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all at it. Um, I've got, I've got, Tom Skerritt just sits kind of uh, through the roof. There's just, like a gun platform. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say you sit on him because he's the leather seat. Because he's the leather seat. Yeah. Well, he doesn't do much. He just sits there and looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a weathered, grizzled old bear. Yeah, nice um, one. Nice one. Yeah, so look, the, the apocalypse is going well. Thank you. How, how's your survival? Uh, training and skills and well, look. Um, going. I, to be, I mean, I, I kind of don't like saying this um, no, because no, but uh, because, you'll say it. because it ma- no because uh, uh, in seriousness because it makes me feel bad for the people, other people. But I I'm still working. It's business as usual for me. So yes. so yeah. there's not for me personally. Um, yep. There's not too much difference. Like I'm, I'm um, sympathetic to the kids at home and stuff because they're of you know, they're only going out once a day to walk the dogs and all that kind of thing. But they're they're managing pretty well. They're doing. But that's their... no different to normal because that's all you allow. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. But I made yeah. them on the Sunday. It was pouring down with rain, and I made them walk in the rain. <laughs> they're like, "But it's raining, Dad." And I said, "It's lovely to walk in the rain. It's really nice." So I said, <laughs> "Come on." This is the only chance you'll get this week. So yeah. you better take the most. <laughs> I said, of it, this is our apocalypse training. So. <laughs> Um, no, so, so for me, yeah, for me personally, um, it's honestly, there's no change because, right. yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's okay. It I is okay, but it, in a, I know you don't mean it in a nasty way towards the people that, you know, aren't feeling as normal. No, because but, I, I mean, am, you know, I am really, you know, I hear it on the news and all sorts of, and reading it and things like that. And I, and I, and I am really sympathetic to, to people out there who are struggling through these times you know like it's got to be course, tough man. if you can't work like a lot of people are working from home if they can and all that but and that's great but yep. you know some people yeah like uh, a friend of mine was telling me that Qantas let go of 95% of their staff so it's that's pretty scary isn't yeah, it yeah that's huge and uh, this well the sad thing is they let them go from the plane so that it was a long plummet to the earth oh, you know but, um, <laughs> nah. um, but yeah but that's that's a that's a huge number of people you know so well yeah. i'm sure they didn't join Qantas and think oh this is uh this is not going to be a secure job for me i'll be fine you know, this will look after me till I'm retiring age or whatever. Oh, you don't reckon? I'm sure they never thought there would be that, that risk. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, my work has actually quietened down. Um, yeah. They've they've stripped a fair few hours off and, okay. uh, yeah, it is quietening down over the next, well, over the rest of April anyway. I don't know, you know, moving forward what will happen, but yeah. uh, essentially I'm doing – uh, work for essential services. Okay. So I think I think it'll stay there somewhat, but yeah. But it, it sort of allows me to look after the kids a bit more as well, which well, is never yeah. never a bad thing. Silver lining, I suppose. But I tell you what, I, I um, I'm very grateful for uh, we've got a uh, uh, a couple of reporters out there in the world. Um, <laughs> one of them being uh, he's a bit of an enigma. This guy, I don't know how old he is. This guy, but he. Yeah. Um, He's done a traffic report for us um, today. He's uh, he's gone up into the sky and done a and done a bit of a traffic report for us. He's also done his, his usual standard report. Uh, of course, I'm talking about um, is it Wing Commander Tomlinson Biggs? 
Well, it's a squadron leader. I think I've said both, uh, but let's okay. go with squadron leader. I get the feeling that he's across the board, though. He's, he's you know, he's uh, the commandant. He, he's the com- he's done a bit of commissar. He, he's the he's lieutenant. absolutely, yeah, look, he, he's dipped his toe into a little bit of everything, and um, he... He was unhappy just being the man on the ground. He also wanted to be the man in the air. Yeah, well, no, I mean that's so, where I mean that's where he was sort of born and bred in the air. That's where he cut his teeth as a as a soldier, you know, as a pilot. So um, that's right. So why don't we hear the traffic report first, and then we'll come back with some uh, some sexy sleazy questions. No problem, mate. All right, take it away, Tomo. Good day, everybody. Tomlinson Biggs here, reporting from Angels 4, heading 230, with the FWP traffic report. Currently flying over the coastline, observing a traffic jam of quarantined cruise ships trying to leave Australian territorial waters. Avoid bringing your catamaran, dinghy, motorboat, or Dunkirk smallboat through. The Ruby Princess has just been rammed quite roughly in the stern by the Duke's folly, causing the captain to start throwing passengers overboard, willy-nilly. One would almost think it had been dived bomb by a stuker. Meanwhile, the roads are dead quiet, just like London during the Blitz, I dare say, and people are starting to pay attention to government orders. Jolly God! This is Squadron Leader Biggs, over and out. Toodle pip! It's just questions. And we are back in. I'm Luke, and this is. Beaches! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, makes you laugh every time, that one. Um, oh, yeah, Everybody talking. They're probably like, fucking come up with another one, dickhead. Talking of Germany, though. Yes. Um, the wife was telling me that a, a mayor in Germany decided yeah. to um, infect himself with the coronavirus. His pirate... Uh, pirate. His... Pirate. Got to give himself a disease. <laughs> He's got his own personal pirate. Um, <laughs> no. His, um, his partner um, right. contracted the disease, uh, the virus, and uh, right. the, this mayor guy decided, well, why don't I just get it and then see if uh, I can beat it myself? And fortunately, he did. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Purposely infecting yourself just so if, to see if you can well, survive it. I'm curious as to what the manner of how he got infected because there was a thing I saw on TV last night where there was a husband and wife. They'd actually come off that cruise ship that uh, Tomlinson actually coincidentally mentioned. Oh, yeah. in was his, it called uh, again? The Rose something, was it? The Ruby, the Ruby Princess. The Ruby Princess, right, yeah. Uh, which is the... Uh, which is actually the source of 10% of Australia's uh, coronavirus uh, infectees. Wow, okay. Uh, which is huge. When you think about it, that's just one ship. Yeah. And it's 10% of Australia's uh, infectees. But uh, this husband and wife had been on there, and they were then talking about the whole debacle involved with uh, with catching it and, and the kind of misinformation and everything that was around it. But they're actually at home now and the husband caught it um, and he's just been at home, so it's self-isolation and quarantine at home Okay. because um, it hasn't gotten serious enough to go to the to the hospital. But the, the wife uh, is there and, you know, very sweet of her. She's looking after the husband. What she's doing is observing the uh, distancing 
at okay. home. Yep. So she's sort of looking after his needs and everything, but tricky, she's been... Though. Tricky in a house. Well, that's the thing, and you could see her. So the film crew were actually filming through the windows. Yeah. Um, so they didn't go into the house. They just filmed through, or they spoke to them, did the interview um, on, like, a video call. Okay. So they did it all at a, at a true distance, but the wife was still, at this point, well, um, and she was just saying, look, I've just been observing all of the things that they keep saying that you do. She yeah. wasn't wearing mask. She didn't have gloves on. She was just washing her hands, sanitising, making sure she cleaned all surfaces and I guess making sure that the husband was doing the same when he was moving around. Yeah, okay. And and I thought, okay, well, if she gets it, I guess good on her for at least not treating her husband like he was a plague victim and like pushing him outside or into the shed or something like that. So I'm wondering if this German mayor is similar. Like, so it's not like he's deliberately like rubbed his partner up against him until he got sick <laughs> yeah. or injected himself with some of their blood or something like something really intense yeah. or is he just allowed himself to be very close to them still yeah. and kind of just said oh well it's okay if i get sick i don't mind <laughs> maybe i think um, i think uh, the fine print was that they were 69ing each other you <laughs> <laughs> got a mouthful of virus yeah. <laughs> I'm not prepared to go my oral sex for anybody. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, you know what? Hopefully they're okay and they can pull through together. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, by all accounts, uh, he looks like he's on the up from it, so that's a good thing, I suppose. But, okay, well, that's yeah, good. I don't know. Just that's to good. know how I felt about that. But anyway, should we get into some questionnaires? Uh, yes, why not, mate? Why you, not, um, indeed? You shoot your filthy rainbow beans first. <laughs> now, this is actually a pretty straightforward question from me. I I've sort got of a straightforward like... one tonight as well. It's nothing, nothing fancy pants about it. But it can often lead to an interesting discussion or at least uh, have the beloved listeners and viewers learn a little bit something about us. Oh, but both. Well, me, okay. you're a bit more interesting than me. They <laughs> dismiss my information straight away. No, no, no. You're at um, least as interesting as a brick I tripped over this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you were swearing at it the same way you swear at me. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking cock shit. And, he was, and um, he was just as speechless. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there, fucking motionless. No, no, I wanted to ask you, and I, I kind of know what the answer is myself, but what is your favourite, like, dream car? What is your dream car? Ooh. And where is the sort of location that you can imagine yourself, like it's the one that occurs to you the most, to be actually driving this dream car in? Well, let me just take my pants off. All right, yeah, it's always a good one. Grab a tub of lube and some Kleenex. (laughs) Because it's quite the fantasy, Warren, that you brought up here. Wow, okay, Um, we really set things off. Mine would definitely be a a 1967 uh, Mustang. Yep. Um, Matte black. Matte black, right? Nothing, nothing, a classic design, classic look. But the, mm. the 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 big fat boy wheels and all that kind of stuff though. But beautiful, um, yeah, classic body. Um, but matte black, uh, the darkest legal tint, probably illegal tint. I'd go for actually, fuck them. Right. Um, and <laughs> on the front window as well. Yeah, yeah, all over. Yeah, yeah all over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one can see shit that's going on yeah. inside. Because <laughs> I'll have my pants off, that's why. Well, because uh, it's a studio, it's a, it's a boudoir, it's everything. That's right, yeah. Yep. Um, and even though I don't have um, 
uh, look, to be honest with you, I don't have a particular yearning to explore America. Uh, it's not, yeah. it's on my list, but it's like, it's quite, and this isn't anything against our American listeners, but it's quite no, low so. as far as places I really want to visit. I did go to Hawaii last year, which was fantastic, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I want to see Europe and, you know, like we've talked about, go and see some of the World War II battlefields and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, why don't you go to Barrow, Alaska? I've heard that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. It's nice in the winter time. <laughs> I, but but actually, the the visual I have when I think about driving my yes. beautiful Mustang would be uh, uh, Route sixty six. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> 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 I, I bet, too. That's the thing you'd do through a valley or up a hill. You'd be just pedal to the metal. Yeah, and, I, I've, you know, obviously going by movies I've seen, I've got this impression that there's no speed limit. You just fucking sit in the middle of the road yeah. and wah, 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 wah. <laughs> And just, uh, yeah, just take off, you know. You haven't given it much thought at all, have you? I don't even mind. I don't even mind, like, if the car gets a bit dusty and stuff like that. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be – and just sucking down some suds. So completely illegal, you know. (laughs) Just (laughs) getting blind. (laughs) Yeah, getting blind in an illegally tinted matte black Mustang roaring at top speed along Route 66. And just a a sawn-off shotgun casual thrown down yeah. by the side. <laughs> and George Clooney hanging your, holding your hand in the seat next to you. Josh Hartnett in the back. You're right, yeah. buddy. Let's go pick up Skerritt. <laughs> this year, join the road yeah. trip from hell. Luke's got a new car. <laughs> what about... Um, yeah, actually, I can see that being a great crime movie. Oh, it'd be awesome, yeah. be awesome. And Particularly like we did, with that lineup of stars. We're just bumbling idiots, but we, we look, but we look really cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those comedies where it's quite violent. Yeah, but it's also got that extremely black humour. that's reckon, like right through it. I reckon it's nonsensical violent. Like there's like there's a human centipede in it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just it just makes an appearance. We got to go hunt down. The human centipede, centipede in the Nevada desert, or something. You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so cool. what would uh, what would your dream car be? Well, I've had my dream car yeah, in the did. past. You did, and uh, let it go. I oh, know. I let it go. Like a and, good woman, uh, you've let a good woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way, in its own way. So I had, I had a nineteen seventy-two uh, yeah. Volkswagen Combi. And uh, I loved it. I huh. really did love it. Would you describe but, it as mustard colour? Yeah, it was mustard poo colour. Yeah, um, it was beautiful. No, no. <laughs> but but the, that's the thing about combis. They rock the colours that they you do. wouldn't think would work on any other vehicle. Absolutely. You can put any colour on a combi and it's still going to be cool. It still looks great. But um, Orange, I found myself... Sorry, mate? Orange, for example. Orange is a wonderful colour yeah, for a combi. It. I love it. Uh, um, there's, there's so many great colours, but I think uh, as much as the van is awesome, I'd love a combi camper mm. um, and, like, sort of geared up, but not, like, over the top or too flash, but I would love it if the outside just looked, like, immaculate. I mean, yeah. Like, not not hotted up or anything, just, just immaculate. So you, you keep and it completely classic? You wouldn't get, like, mag wheels or anything like that? Probably just the wheels. Okay, you wouldn't get it lowered Probably, with running boards and all that. 
no, I don't think so. Just okay. just really cool wheels because nice. that kind of make that sets everything else off. But yeah, other than that, like I've seen some awesome, um, you know, modded combis, and they all look brilliant. I mean, you can't get it wrong, really. So, but um, yeah, it... do you give me the original design with a canoe on the roof. Oh, lovely! Yeah, it's fucking amazing. So has the camper <laughs> got the pop top, or is that a is that a mod? Uh, well, what they did were there were Australian models that were released with pop tops, okay. and there were European models that had pop tops and American models. So there was a whole bunch of different releases. So there was the combi, and then and then the company that did the camper vans would buy them and do the mod. So oh, it was like cool. a, yeah. a licensed uh, modification. And was there any? Are we talking um, now? You know, combis better than I do. You know how the ones that people really love have got the and I, I, I don't know the proper word, but it's got the seam down the nose. You know what I mean? Like the split, the split window. Oh, so that's an earlier model, basically. Is that the kind of one you'd want, or you'd want more the like the nineteen seventies type one? I like this. Look, I liked my one, the seventy two yeah. one. I loved. I loved well, that it. That was our that was our bandwagon, wasn't it? That was, mate, and, uh, you yeah, know, there's a few times had eight, could eight, get eight people in there, so, you know, it was a good a good uh, hangout, road-tripping type of car. Yeah. And uh, you've got space for everybody, so I don't know. I was young and stupid and, and got a bit lazy and didn't want to deal with the mechanical issues, but I was driving it a long oh, way. I wouldn't, and say, I wouldn't say lazy, though. You were young, but you weren't lazy. I reckon Fucking lazy. Lazy, to, Luke. <laughs> it came down to what was efficient, and it, you know, it was giving you a bit of grief and all that kind of thing. And and really, that was your only car, so you kind of had to do the logical thing and get rid of it and get something that was going to be a bit more reliable, I suppose. But looking yeah. back, yeah, we all thought you were a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even, I mean, well, that's twenty years ago. To this day. We still think you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you've just remained friends with me in case I get another yeah. one. That's right, yeah. But, um, but the, the, as as many people probably know, I'm not sure if this is, goes for around the world, they're now uh, quite the hot item to yes, pick up. Are, so yeah. even, a, even a bog standard, uh, pretty aged, weathered. Rust bucket. Yeah, is probably fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's right. Like my eldest daughter's got this dream of having one, which I I don't discourage yeah. her, but I said to her, uh, I pretty much said to her when she was born, "You better fucking start saving now, then." <laughs> <laughs> and I think she's got uh, about three hundred dollars saved. So <laughs> you know what, mate? You gotta you gotta keep living that dream. Oh, of course. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that's that's my dream one. But I I would see driving it. Um, Probably still in Australia, yeah, um, but I guess I always visualised it going around Australia. Oh, yeah, nice. So, you know, I see it cruising across the Nullarbor Plain and just, you know, passing Neil on the way, yeah. um, you know, going up through Queensland. I reckon Queensland's probably the one that you know, I think of the most, like going up the Gold Coast and up into the Sunshine Coast. Well, the whole East Coast just is perfect. Yeah, it's just made for that kind of car and that kind of experience, just camping up the East Coast. And I think at times like these where we're not allowed into the other states at the moment (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and everyone's kind of not allowed to do much else other than lie low, uh, it's kind of nice to daydream about those things and dream about them. Am I right in thinking that you did draw a combi once with a gun turret on the roof? So yes. you could have that one and go through the borders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they might step back and let me through. Who knows? Yeah. Just what? Just duck down, kids. Let's go through the borders. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember why I modelled that one, but I, I must have uh, been feeling creative that day. <laughs> yeah, no. I, from what I remember, it was a good one. Um, now we've got a talk. We had Tomlinson Biggs and do his traffic report. So thank you. We did. Thank you, Biggs. Um, it was brilliant, by the way. Um, now you haven't done your question yet, buddy. Didn't I? I don't oh, think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're bang on the money, Warren. Bang on the I'm money. I'm just going to reel you back in yeah, there, no, buddy. that's good. That's what I need tonight. Um, okay, my Five question. Five beers or 15 <laughs> beers? Well, I'm, on, I'm halfway through my sixths. Yeah, right. Um, now, uh, what was it again? Oh, yeah, yeah. So very straightforward, simple, almost yeah. almost like I didn't really put any effort into this. Yeah, question. that's right. almost forgettable, too. <laughs> almost like I just thought of it moments before. <laughs> right. Uh, no. So, okay. You're marooned, Warren, on a desert <laughs> island, right? Gotcha. This is a, this is a yep. classic question. Right. And you can only have, I'll give you three. You can only have three movies that you can play. Which three movies are those? Three movies. Yeah, only three. And it can't be a saga, can't be anything Star Warsy, you know what uh, I mean? You're, you're a cheap rip-off, that's you can, what you, you are. You can do Star Wars, but you can only choose up to three of them. You can do Indiana Jones, Warren. Relax, mate. Relax, I've got <laughs> you back. But you can only do no, three No, I don't think he's coming with me. I don't, I don't think I'm going to bring him. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. I, I've, a, I've got to go with, I've got to go with, for some reason, I'm imagining being on an island, I need something to make me... Uh, feel inventive and creative and and with a sense of hope. But a castaway. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go <laughs> castaway. I'm going to go Waterworld. Wow, um, really? And, yeah, and I'm going to go Mosquito Coast. Mosquito Coast is a good one. Yeah. Oh, well, well, actually, all three choices are good choices. I'm just Fuck su- you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just surprised that you've gone with those. Like, you don't know how long you're going to be on this island. So That's yeah. okay. Okay, yep. Waterworld puts me to sleep, so that's kind of like a relaxing one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's also got a strange tone about it that I quite like. I find it quite warming. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Castaway is the same. I don't know. Something about it is just full of a little bit of hope, even though it seems fairly lost and and hopeless at some points. And, uh, And, yeah, Mosquito Coast, I don't know. Something about that movie is... I don't, you get lost in it. Mosquito Coast, yeah, I love that movie. I think it's kind of a bit, uh, well, as far as I know, like not many people know that movie, you know? No, it's a bit underrated. It didn't underrated, get uh, that's a the lot word of I was attention. Of. Yeah, but it's actually yeah. it's actually really, really good. Like, what? It, yeah, I think I get lost in that movie, you know? And you start yeah. to, what I like about that movie is that you feel um, the tension is a slow rise, you know? I really like that. I, I think it's I think it's very well done. Yeah, you know, it was great. And it was sort of that um, utopian vision. Yeah. But I think at the time when I first saw it, I really, I loved the idea of self-sufficiency. I loved the idea of building my own my own home and, you know, growing my own vegetables and, you know, all those sorts of things too. Yeah. So seeing it at the way that they um, did it in that movie, it was just like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah, it's like that cool. vision of driving the perfect car on your perfect road. It's yeah. like, what you can, if like, I could live that life, I'd, oh, that's what I'd want to do. Yeah, and and, and uh, achievable as well. You don't have to be a millionaire to do it. 
That's right. He yeah. just uh, managed to trick a, a German into selling him a village. Yeah, which, you know, <laughs> I'd love to trick a German into selling me things. Well, it sounds like there's a mayor in Germany that probably could be tricked into selling you a village. <laughs> yeah. And he's not that well at the moment, so he's probably a bit delirious as well. Big shout out to our German listeners. Uh, <laughs> I believe one was listening to our friends over at Star Wars Sessions and heard mention of our uh, show and jumped yeah. on board. So I don't know his name, but um, good and tag. Yeah, guten tag indeed. Thank you for uh, joining the party. Ich liebe meine Lederhosen. I think I said that before <laughs> on the podcast. That's the only line you know. I love my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. All right. Good so- morning, Fräulein. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's good morning, miss, is it? Or yeah, Ma- I think Madeline? so. Yeah. 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 That's uh, it. That's all I've got. See you, Teil. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to our German listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Oh, we, I think we've pretty much insulted every nation by now. Fifty-one oh, yeah, episodes. We do return to Germany quite often because yeah. it's enjoyable. Um, we've never really but, gone after Poland, but I suppose the Germans did a good enough job of that, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Hello to our Polish listeners if you're, you're hiding there somewhere. <laughs> do a Polish accent, Warren. I don't know how to do a Polish accent. I'd probably end up doing a Russian accent. You know what? I don't often notice my accent, but I did just then because you say Polish, Polish. Polish. And I say Polish. 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 <laughs> Polish, isn't it? Have you po- seen a pole dancer? Oh, a Polish my knob, it? lovely. You <laughs> said London somewhere. <laughs> said what? Say it again. I lost you then. You sound like a git from London. <laughs> yeah, well, that's essentially what I am. Um, all right, so git. my answers git. to that beautiful question, Luke, yes. is... Um, <laughs> oh, look, I'd, I'd definitely have to take a Star Wars with me, so that would be Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah, nice. But oh, uh, if I'm seeing Rogue One sitting there, I think I might be tempted. But no, I'm a traditionalist, so <laughs> Return of the Jedi has to be. I like how you've gone through the thought process live for everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I would 100% be taking my all-time favourite film, which is what, Warren? All-time favourite film is The Professional, Leon The Professional. Well done, well done. Jean Reno, yep. uh, Natalie Portman, yeah, brilliant, absolutely. Can you say it with a French accent, his name, though? Jean Reno. <laughs> Thank Not you. Only bad moon. <laughs> I actually did the hand gesture as well. Then I don't know why, because we don't. Excellent. It's not a viewing form. Jean Renault. Yeah. Um, oh, and a third one. I feel like. Oh, I don't know. I'd need something classic, like a war classic war. Oh, uh, war classic. Yeah, or I can a, see you taking a war classic or a classic western. No, or, I'd see you going the war one. Yeah, I think. I think. Oh my god, this is tough actually. <laughs> it's interesting that you didn't think about this. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. Like I said, I just yeah. thought of it. Uh yeah. I think I'd probably go Dirty Dozen with Lee Marvin. I knew you'd say Dirty yeah, Dozen. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like, know why it took that long to get to it. <laughs> I like a good Dirty Dozen. Yeah, <laughs> you do. If you've got the choice of a number, you'd go with a dirty, filthy oh, dozen. Yeah, imagine. Actually, did you know that in World War Two there was the filthy thirteen? That's a true story. And they were, right? they were uh, well, essentially uh, saboteurs and commando types uh, for the for the US. And yeah, they did the Mohawks. They did um, they did sort of like um, Apache war paint, like uh, you know Native American war paint and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I probably cool. would have kicked someone out. 
and just called it the Dirty Dozen because it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Well, obviously, or, but but the but the thing is, the uh, obviously World War Two came before the movie Dirty Dozen. I don't care, man. They should have thought of this. <laughs> yeah. Or they should have had one of them wear like a like a chef's hat and call them a baker's dozen. <laughs> yeah, because that sounds scary, doesn't it? Like if, yeah. you're, if you're a German invading Poland, <laughs> the last thing you want is a baker's dozen coming at you. <laughs> uh, well, they'd be scared when they get a fucking French stick shoved up their butt. That's right, yeah, a baguette. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now our our other man on the ground, uh, Jamingus at Jamingus. Oh yes, uh, if you want. Uh, to I hope he's going okay over there. It's, it didn't sound great. But... Yeah, it's it's getting pretty rough over there. Like they've, yeah. they've had, I think I think they've just topped ten thousand. You know, deaths. Oh man, which is scary shit. I mean, uh, Italy and, and Spain they're all high numbers there. You know, so I think the majority thing that, that... majority is in New York as well, which is which is interesting. It's kind of the epicenter, yeah. I guess the population density and oh, okay. But uh, what really caught my, I guess, my thoughts was where he was talking about the the amount of uh, PPE available for frontline doctors and nurses and health staff and professionals there. And as you said I last mean, week, yeah, uh, having to reuse them. That's the thing, and that's the thing. I think is, I mean, it's easy for us to sit here and say that's unacceptable, and there should should be something done. But yeah. it really, it really isn't okay that the that the health people that are trying to save lives by the yeah. thousands yeah. are not even being able to protect themselves adequately. And I saw a photo on Twitter the other day where there were three, <laughs> um, I'm not sure, you know, what their role was and where they worked, which is probably good, but they were wearing garbage bags as their, oh, like, wow. gown and it had been kind of adjusted, cut, and then, you know, strapped onto them over the top as a kind of a splash vest. But I just thought... That's pretty fucking sad. It is, yeah. And I, what I what I uh, appreciate, apart, as well as obviously being on the front line with all this kind of shit, yeah. is that in his message last week, he he specifically said he doesn't want to get political. Um, no, so no, that's right. He doesn't want to make it about that. He's just sort of going, "This is what the situation is, guys." You know, and that I don't know. That sort of I I, I, I hold him and and others like him. In very high regard, the the people that are willing to go, this is a shit situation. My health yep. and well being is at risk, but I got to do what I got to do. You know, that's yep. that's pretty admirable. Well, much much respect to uh, Jamingus mm. and all the other you know people that are working in any kind of role that involves direct contact with infected repeatedly, yeah. like over and over and over. Um, you know, we really do respect it, and I think probably the best thing that that you and I can do, Luke, because we don't have any idea about that kind of world, yeah. um, and anyone else around the world that's that's able to, is just lie low, keep out of the way, yeah, do the right distance thing. yourself, and that's right. And I think he he made that point. Yeah, do the right yeah. thing, and that will help uh, reduce the cases so so much exactly. that you won't you'll you'll actually help in more ways than you realise by doing. Literally nothing. So, yeah, so it's, it's um, definitely something to take on board. He's uh, he's going to do a weekly report for us, which is awesome. Okay, um, so that I'll, is great. I'll play his uh, his recent report now. Thank you, Jamingus. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jamingus here. Uh, just giving you an update about what's going on. Uh, I guess I'll get the bad news out of the way first. Nothing too bad. 
just a couple things. Uh, one of our doctors in the hospital is actually a patient now on our floor. Uh, he's being tested for the coronavirus. And one of our aides is not feeling well this week, so he actually uh, got tested and he came back positive. I actually worked with him on Sunday, so I hope he's doing well. Um, not looking forward to going back to work on Tuesday. It is still scary there. Uh, we still don't have all the equipment we need, and we are reusing stuff more than we should. Uh, but a couple good things. Uh, we had our first successful extubation, which is a patient coming off of a ventilator. That happened the other day. A 50-year-old lady came from the ICU. actually had her as a patient, and she is doing well. Um, other than that, it looks like uh, there are less people going out. I actually did just take a ride to the supermarket, the grocery store. Had to do some shopping. Hopefully, I don't have to do that for, you know, two two weeks to a month. Um, I was a little nervous going out, but once I got there, you know, there weren't too many people there. It is Sunday here, so I thought that there would be a lot of people there. Uh, another thing, I am doing this in my car. Uh, I had to pull over actually. Um, Luke and Big Waz, you guys have some skills, able to talk on the phone and drive at the same time. I don't know how you do those two things at the same time. It's amazing. You guys should be um, really proud of yourselves for that. Uh, other than that, it uh, wasn't a bad week. Uh, just dropping some stuff off at my parents' house right now so that they didn't have to go out. Um, everyone, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening to the experts. Stay home. Be safe. Don't go out unless you need to. Call your friends and your family. Uh, we're going to get through this. Keep it up, guys. Take care. One more thing to get a little perspective on what it's like to be a healthcare worker right now. Check out episode 698 of This American Life. Um, just have to listen to the first 10 minutes and uh, listen to what the EMS worker from New York has to say. And uh, also uh, check out my Instagram page and uh, maybe click on the link in my bio and buy a pin. Peace. Yo, DJ, spin that shit. This is our segment called News of the Weird. I'm not talking about Warren's beard. It's gonna be odd. It's gonna be strange. It's gonna be wacky and a little unexplained. And we're back in. I've uh, cracked open the seventh beer, Warren. I'll have you know. Oh, man, this is going to fall apart by the end, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'll be just laying on the road naked. Fuck you, you fucking virus! You can't get me! <laughs> yeah. uh, Big thanks yeah, to that... uh, Jamingus again. Um, Thank you, Jamingus. Appreciate it, mate. And look after yourself, please. Yeah, awesome stuff. And uh, as I say, he's going to make it a weekly thing for us, which is which is fantastic. So yeah, thank I, you. I just think you know, uh, as much as we muck around and be silly and blah blah blah, it's actually really good to get, um, yeah, the thoughts and feelings from what's going on in the real world. You know, like we we treat this podcast as a bit of an, an escape for for us personally, but also yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully for you guys, the listeners. Um, but at the same time, we're not going to ignore the fact that there's some shit going down in the world, you know, across the whole world. 
Um, that's it. That's so, it. yeah, and it's people, uh, good people like Jamingus and, and others who, who are going to bring us some good news. Oh, not good news, but news reported really well on what's going on in their neck of the woods. Of course. Now, look, you don't you don't have to work in the health field. Um, you, can, you can literally be like us, just be a, a regular person out there just working day to day or, you know, if you're, you're not working at the moment or you're stuck at home in isolation or whatever you're up to, feel yeah. free to to send something in it, whether it's uh, it's written down, you know, as an email or a, a message or you do a little voice recording if you're comfortable. Um, but, yeah, we'd love to hear from anybody all around the world yeah, um, that's right. and your experience with this whole thing and tell us how you're dealing with it and how you're getting through and, and what you're doing to kind of keep yourself buoyant and, and cheerful in times like this. And, and we, we just, definitely love to hear from you. And we just hope that we can, uh, yeah, put a bit of smile on your face for for an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it, the case may whatever be. Whatever it and, ends up being, yeah, there's no right. rules, mate. No, no rules. fucking rules, unscripted, but unedited. How can people, <laughs> unskilled. <laughs> it's actually, it's a little, yeah, it's definitely unskilled, uneducated, <laughs> unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> Unethical. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, so how can people contact us, Luke, if they did want to send us something, mate? Well, look, Warren, they can email me, <laughs> the Fly on the Wall podcast 11 at gmail.com. I'll read all your emails and then I'll delete them. No. I'll, <laughs> no. If you want to, yeah, send us anything, send us there. So that's the Fly on the Wall podcast 11 at gmail. You can DM us on our Instagram, uh, Fly on the Wall podcast with an underscore between each of those words. You can comment on the pictures as well and let us know what your thoughts are. Um, and you can also find us on Twitter, uh, which is at Fly on the Wall P O One. Um, Excellent. Sorry, I was just gulping down, gulping down <laughs> just some beer. Chugging no, down some more beer, you filthy fuck. So it's uh, uh, news of the weird time, Warren. Um, I'd yes. like again. I'd like you to, you know, take the reins on this one and and lead the way. No problem, mate. I've just got to get back to my very very simple notes. Yes. <laughs> remind myself what it was. There we go. What, do, got you, it. what do your simple notes say? Flush the toilet after. <laughs> it's literally, it's two lines, one sentence. Okay. Uh, yeah, just to remind me. Now, what would you say uh, you could imagine? I mean, we have things that go into the ocean all the time. You know, we have garbage. We have um, things accidentally going into the ocean, like, you know, that weren't intended to go in there, ships sinking, etc. Oil, yep. What would you say... Uh, would live the longest, survive the longest uh, underwater in this you know strong alkaline salty water of the ocean. So something that's gone in by mistake and survived. Well, what whatever it is, what do you think would last the longest? You know, underwater for a long time. Um. Oh, so it doesn't oh, without, have to be... without you know how you know it sort of eats everything away. Oh, eventually. I see. So it doesn't have to be a living thing. No, 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 not oh. at all. Just, just anything. I'd say a can of Coke. Right, that's an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) That's very specific. I think when when the whole world is dead, I think Coke will still be manufacturing Coke. (laughs) And we'll get a can of Coke just washing up on the shores of all these dead... (laughs) <laughs> rotting yeah. shorelines with think, nothing I going think, on. You know, like in uh, in Terminator, the movie, when you see yeah. the world in the future, and yep. uh, what's the name of the company again? 
Skynet. S- uh, S- Skynet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything, all these machines. I was going to say Cybertron for some <laughs> stupid reason. All these reason. machines are rolling around and taking out yeah. the last remains of the humans and stuff like that. Yeah. Remaining humans. Humans. Um, humans. I, re- <laughs> I reckon <laughs> it, instead of, like, think of that scene when yep. Michael Bean is dreaming about it, remembering yep. it all. Think of that. But emblazoned on the side is Coca Cola. <laughs> Classic Coca Cola. <laughs> it would definitely keep my hopes alive if it was still around and I was fighting a futuristic war yeah, against right. the machines. Right. Oh, I'd love a cool can of Coke. Yeah, that's right. When I'm taking when on I the, fight machines, I like to crack open a nice cold can of Coca Cola. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so interestingly. It has been discovered by the University of Plymouth in the UK that uh, no other than Lego can survive up to 1,300 years. Is that the Underwater Ocean Lego series they released? Yeah, or is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Atlantis. Yeah. Hey, that's it. That's the only one that survives. You put, yeah, it's the you put special Castle edition. Lego down there and it dissolves instantly. <laughs> well, I think it was a little bit, uh, I'm imagining, you know, a pristine block getting pulled out in, you know, 13 centuries. People go, wow. well, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's but cool. I think it, uh, I'm not sure it lasts in pristine condition, but considering the nature of the ocean, and what it does to things normally, just slowly rots them away to nothing. Uh, it's pretty amazing that it could last anywhere up to that long. And it sort of says that if there ever was an Atlantis, just to bring that back into view, yeah. imagine if it was built of Lego. <laughs> It'd be pretty fucking cool. They, they, people would have found it. They'd be like, hey, I'd, be, I'd just be smashing it down all the time. Say, oh, no, you wouldn't. You love a Lego city, mate. So you're telling me there's these scientist motherfuckers out there. <laughs> who, they should be doing know, other you've things. You've got other scientists trying to cure cancer. Yeah, coronavirus. You've these, yeah, you've got these cockheads <laughs> with massive Coke bottle glasses <laughs> who are sitting there going, well, why don't we put Lego in salt water? We haven't thought of that one. We've done McCarthy. Oh, no, we've done plasticine. Let's try well, fucking Lego. <laughs> I like how everyone's a cockney git today. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think what the ultimate purpose was was to uh, highlight how pollutants like plastic yeah. um, can break down and then how long they ultimately last. So even if uh, certain plastics break down, they become microplastics. Okay. So there's, t- you know, uh, thousands of little particles of these plastics which then affect marine life um, over the long term. And I think that that's the whole point that they were doing this particular study. But the type of uh, plastic that Lego is, um, which I can't remember the name of it because it's quite a <laughs> fancy, long scientific title. Uh, it, it has uh, the capabilities to last a very, very, very long time. It's polyurethane three three four. Oh yeah, that sounds Did good, pull- doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you pulled that out of your ass. Yeah, yeah, I think I just read it on the back of my beer bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the, uh, the bottles. Uh, soft drink bottles and, and beer bottles are often PET, I think. There's like PET, there's a certain kind of plastic manufacturing as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah, a lot of the garbage and, and stuff that does go into the ocean will break down into these microparticles that still, yeah, harm uh, oceanic life. So I think that was the purpose of the study. So it wasn't that they just went... We've got a lot of spare Lego around here. <laughs> Let's just bury it off the Isle of Wight and see how long it lasts. I remember so, – um, oh, yeah, sorry. 
No, no, I just thought that that was an interesting study, but then I, I had all these visions of what they could then build underwater and leave it there and uh, go and check on it every century to oh, see amazing. how it's going. That's ace. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. A whole <laughs> Expensive Lego... and completely needless, but also interesting. Yeah, really cool. A whole Lego Gungan world down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'd all drown remember, though, Luke, um, because of course, as kids, we all discovered very quickly that Lego will not hold water. That's right. Yeah, unfortunately, even the one ship, of the saddest things. Even the ship Lego, which was very. I know. I was like, "Fuck I, my pirate ship!" Just fucking sake. You know the weird thing. I had a fire uh, ship, like it was like with the original, you know, city oh, Lego. Cool. Like the, I always wanted that one. Yep, the black the and big red long one. red one, yeah, and it had yeah. it actually had counterweights. For the bottom. Oh, okay. And did it work? So, no. <laughs> I'll it take it sank. back. Take it back. Ring Lego now and say your fucking fire ship didn't work, mate. I that Well, I was curious as to why they would build it with the weights if it never had any chance of staying afloat. Yeah, like, false it just advertising. Seems very strange. But I loved that boat. That, that one we turned into an aircraft carrier so many times. Yeah. Because it had the uh, the right sort of dimensions, we just added a big platform on top. It's like uh, when I had the space Lego; it didn't yeah. actually go to space. Like I built a rocket and it just sat there. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking ripped off!" <laughs> Come uh, on, mate. You know, you know as well as I do, we wanted those boats to float, though. Oh, we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, remember, sorry. Going back, to, going back to the environmental part of it, uh, I yep. remember years ago in primary school, uh, we went to watch some video, and it showed a seal with you know uh, when you get a six pack of cans, and yes. it's got that plastic thing on top of it to hold them all together. Yes, the rings, the plastic rings. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, yeah, watching the video, and there was a baby, like a baby seal with the those ring things around its neck. <laughs> yeah, and I remember terrible. just thinking, well, why the fuck did the seal put his head through that? Like, don't do that that's, and you'll be okay. <laughs> wow. That's practical advice for marine life everywhere, Luke. That's right. I should have yeah. been a marine biologist. Sort of set you the should, world you should be some sort of honorary professor of marine biology. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reckon I'd do a better job than these dickheads at Plymouth who are fucking yeah. putting Lego in the ocean. <laughs> well, no one said they were marine biologists. They're that's just true. at the University of Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they could be studying Lego. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so what's what's your news of the weird today, mate? Are we well, looking back twenty seven years? It's not um, to... it's not altogether weird, I suppose. Right, okay. it's weird because it's like hard to believe that actually happened, but right. um, but it's kind of scary. Uh, have you seen the movie Jaws, Warren? I have indeed. I love that movie. Do you remember? Uh, oh, I've forgotten his name now. The old sea dog captain guy who took him out. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Quint, Quint, was it? Quint. It was Quint, I think. Yeah, yeah Quint. I think it was Quint. Yeah, definitely Quint. Quint. Yeah. Um, now, he told a story about the USS Indianapolis. He did indeed. Um, now, for years, when because I, I first saw Jaws as a kid, and I, I sort of just thought, oh, that's a scary story, part of a movie. Yeah. Uh, it was years later that I uh, read up about it and, and was like, oh, my God. And I'd kind of forgotten about it until I was listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, and he, he was talking oh, about it on there. And bloody hell, scary shit. So for those listeners that don't know about it, um, the Indianapolis, the big uh, – uh, was it a, I don't think it was a battleship. I think it was like a cruiser. But it yeah. basically delivered the um, the atomic bombs to be dropped on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Did you know that? Ah, that's right. Because well, he says that in the movie too. Well, yeah, and it was and it was a secret mission. So therefore, they were kind of 
um, like it was like black on their own a little bit. They were yeah. on their own, yes, and no yeah. one really knew where they were and what they were doing. Okay, um, like the, the the enemy, of course, but also their own dudes didn't know what was going right. on. Right. Yep. So they've gone off and done their mission, successful mission, no worries. Um, heading back, uh, got attacked. I think they were hit by a submarine, if my memory serves me right. Um, right. Like like torpedoed by a submarine. Yeah. The ship's yep. gone down very quickly. And over 300 crew went into the water. Uh, yep. Or it might have even been more. And what they did, they huddled together. They had life jackets, or some of them had life jackets. They huddled together as best they could and tried to, you know, keep each other sane and, and whatever they could find they were sort of hanging on to and all that kind of thing. But then what happened was the sharks came along and started to nip away at them, at, oh. literally taking bites here and there, testing what they could do and what they couldn't do. And then sure enough bodies started to jump, go under the water oh. and be taken by these, these, these sharks. And it got to a point, because they were there for days, it got to yep. a point where people were either like taking their own life or wow. and how they would do that is they would swim away from the group of people right. and just yep. lay there waiting to be taken by a shark. Oh, or they just like, you know, just sort of suddenly take <laughs> off their life jacket and sink down into the water, never to be seen wow. again. Because I, I guess the, the the fact that they didn't know the, the not knowing would have been the most terrifying and like tortuous. Well, yeah, not knowing if they're going to be rescued, not knowing if but, they're oh, going to be taken just, by a shark, and, yes. and what they would do is alternate. So they'd have this big mass of people, and of course, the yeah. people on the outer perimeter are the most vulnerable. Yeah, so they would swap. They would like go, okay, you've had you know whatever it was, an hour. Oh. And then you've got to go in, and then it would be this other person's turn. Yeah, and all that kind of thing. And 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 there were some people. There were reports that some people. Were just, you know, didn't matter what happened. They were just stoic. They were just like, nah, nah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And yeah. other people would start off that way and then and then lose ho- all hope. And other people, of course, you know, the other end where they just didn't have any hope whatsoever in, in the first place. They just break. Yeah, yeah, wow. But, oh, my God, what a, what a horrific thing. And what a horrific thing to survive as well. Like, that's something you're never going to forget that, you know? Well, I mean, I guess most military uh, and naval and air force peep personnel would have certain ideas of what the the most hellish situation would be for them. You know, yeah, yeah. war is not a fun thing uh, when they're actually fighting it and dying and getting injured. But I'm sure that maybe crossed the mind of the of the seamen. But yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have necessarily been what they were imagining as kind of being their worst fate. Like, no. I'm sure a, a ship going down and sinking and then drowning would be right up there. And they always say a fire is, is a, um, a seaman's worst enemy as well. Yeah, but, right. yeah, actually in the sea getting picked off by a mass of sharks yeah. is like the most hellish thing you could think of. And the thing is, as well, back then, uh, so, you know, uh, uh, mid-1945, whatever, there, yeah. wasn't, there wasn't the same kind of knowledge about sharks as there is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there really wasn't the fear initially. And then wow. the sharks, would they would basically hunt in packs, and they would just circle and circle and circle. They would have their feed, then they would, like, on the people, then they would wait and just keep circling and circling until they were hungry again, and then t- take another bite and take another uh, 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 layer of the circle off, if you know what I mean. So, oh, like peeling yeah. an onion, if you, if you catch my meaning. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Really <laughs> harrowing, harrowing stuff, you know? That's, yeah. So, so like I said, not... 
not well weird in the sense that as you say they were they went to war thinking yep we're going to take on the japs we're going to take on the germans and all that yeah. kind of stuff but but and not expecting that they or maybe expecting they might go might the ship might go down but yeah. not expecting they're going to be picked off by sharks yeah that's just a, a crazy crazy thing oh, and yeah. who would have thought that jaws would teach you that little history lesson yeah, <laughs> yeah that's and right Love that's jaws. that's what i come back to robert shaw yeah telling you it as, a, shaw, as a little history lesson yeah yeah that's the man he died now, what other movie you, you recall what other movie he was in that was brilliant oh robert shaw oh you yeah got, mate you got me there Battle of Britain, my friend. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. That's right. <laughs> and and also Battle of the Bulge, if you recall. Oh, okay, yep, yep. Yeah, he was in some great movies, Robert he, Shaw. He died quite young, I think. I don't think he was that old. No, no, I think maybe maybe late fifties, early sixties, at the oldest. Yeah, I think. Like yeah, that. I don't think it was too many years. I think it's like six or eight years or something after Jaws. It wasn't too long after. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that was a great role. That was awesome. He really made. I reckon he defined it there. I mean, uh, Richard Dreyfus and I always forget his name. Roy the main Sh- guy, Roy Schneider. Yeah, that's it, Roy Schneider. Because I always think of that other guy, Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, that very guy. different people. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler's best mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always, always mistake you for him. Yeah. Well, just the name, not not the visual. Um, but yeah, no, I, I Robert Shaw definitely made that movie for me. I think his role was really cool, really iconic. Yeah, salty sea dog. He sure made an impression. He certainly did, Luke. <laughs> that joke. All right, mate. All right, Move mate. <laughs> uh, we might uh, we might get another report from uh, Jamingus. Oh, another. Oh, no, sorry, one. not Jamingus. So, uh, what's his name? Tomless and Biggs. <laughs> okay, no worries, mate. No um, worries. And then uh, And then uh, uh, little Miss Sunshine uh, from Instagram. That if you remember her, she took she uh, sent us a selfie of her on the toilet. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Little Miss Sunshine is actually a movie that features a combi? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Well, not a go. great movie, but it's pretty good. It has a combi in it, Luke. Like, I wouldn't take it to a, a desert island and watch that over there, and over again. There's a combi in it, though. That's I mean, right. that's all we need to say. Yeah, actually, a combi, if you start looking, combis appear in most good movies. <laughs> what does combi mean? Has it got a meaning? Combi, um... Well, I'm guessing it's derived from some sort of German title for it. Like yeah. Volkswagen was um, the like people's car. Yeah, but I wonder what combi K is K O M B I, isn't it? Well, it's kind of like maybe combination, like because it's a multi-use van. Oh, that's pretty. So good. maybe it sort of means that because yeah, I think the combi. Let's just go. Yeah, let's let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Give us Tomlinson. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Man on the ground. Right. right let's uh, let's hear from uh, from Biggs. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world. Tomlinson Biggs here from the FWP. Goats have descended upon a small Welsh town due to the exceptionally quiet lockdown environment. Let's hope they're not up to anything bad. Deer have been seen elsewhere in the UK and a puma has been spotted in Chile. Free-range roosters in Florida, a peacock in the United Arab Emirates, and ducks in Paris. A far better sight than the Nazis in 1940, I dare say. Is isolation a challenge for you? Then allow me to list three things for you to pop into your toaster ovens and see if they brown. Number one, prepare a delicious meal of spam, powdered potatoes, and tinned peas, and wash it down with a drop of sherry. Absolutely first class. A real mood improver. 
Two, construct a highly detailed balsa wood glider or aircraft to fly from your balcony to a neighbor. Say hello, give them a wave, and bring some cheer to their day. And three, a little exercise will make all the difference. A gentleman's boxing match with a family member. A game of lounge room coquet or wrestling competition. Nothing better than an honest victory, just like 1945, eh? Ha <laughs> ha! Ta-ta for now! Cheerio! It's the Fly on the Wall motherfucking podcast! Uh, my name is Big Rose and this is Luke. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, eight beers down. Yeah. Is that okay? That's it. Pardon? Is that okay? Is, is that okay with me? Don't fucking judge me, mate. <laughs> no, we're doing just fine. We're doing fine. All right. So we're, we're holding talking, this thing together. We're talking the occult. But before that, yes, I just want to say... Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's happened. Like, obviously, the world has gone to shit a little bit. Mm-hmm. In the last week, <laughs> yeah. I've had a total of four calls from different countries. I've had oh, okay. three from Beijing, well, right. you know, the, the city of China. Yep. And I've had one from uh, Chad, Africa. Excellent. Yeah, now I don't answer them, obviously. Are you sure it wasn't a man just called Chad? <laughs> Hi, I'm Chad. <laughs> I'm here to talk to about podcast promotion. <laughs> He's very jolly, is Chad. I'm very jolly this time. You know why? Because everyone's at home in isolation listening to podcasts. <laughs> Where's Chad from? I'm sort of finding it hard to pick his um, his origin. I don't know, but he's a fucking asshole, Warren. <laughs> yeah, all right. Tell me the rest of your story. So none of them left a message except for the last one from right. Beijing. Okay. All right. Now, I don't know what the fuck she's saying because I don't speak Mandarin, Mandarin or Cantonese. Or Cantonese, yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> but I thought it would be interesting to still play what she said to us. Right. So yeah, let's just – this is our disclaimer. If you do understand Mandarin or Cantonese or whatever dialect this is in and it's offensive, uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She might be saying – you're a fucking asshole. We yeah, that's right. Like over, and over and over and over and over again. blame that's us right. for every world problem, and we don't like you. We sell your good quality merchandise, and still you take piss out of us. We're calling from the Josh Hartnett fan club of China. we <laughs> <laughs> sell you a memorabilia album. Uh, yeah, right, okay, so, play anyway, so I'll play that now. <laughs> Go. And one saved message. To play your messages, press 7. To record a message, press 6. To change saved message, 4.30, 9pm. What the actual shit is going on here? Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what she was saying, Warren. So hopefully we have a Chinese listener out there who can uh, translate for us and say uh, she's basically saying you're a pack of dickheads. Yeah, you're a bag of dicks. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're as dumb as a bag of dicks. So the occult, Warren. The occult, indeed. Off you go. Yeah. Well, first of all, I wanted to clarify because I guess when you hear the 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 name or the word occult, it can drop the things. And I'm sure some people think one thing, other people think something else about its meaning. But uh, the Google <laughs> meaning for it is basically it can cover mystical, supernatural, magical powers, practices, or strange phenomena. Yeah, that's right. That's what I got from it. Excellent, excellent. And uh, but I think like, mo- most people straight away think dark, like scary. Well, that, and that's probably something that I always did originally, yes. Me too. Yeah, me too. And I, I don't know, for some reason I prefer to think of it as a dark and mysterious dark thing. Um, but, yeah, it can mean anything that doesn't really have a scientific or physical, uh, physically proven kind of background or yeah. history. It's more, yeah, it's a belief system or something and it doesn't have those things behind it to necessarily justify its uh, its existence. But I was reading, I was trying to find something that sort of grabbed my attention because I thought, you know, people would maybe go to more, say, Satanism or something where, and, and just to bring up my, you know, my good old favourite, Indiana Jones often deals with Nazi occultism yep. as a... MacGuffin, or as the like, as the central kind of thing that they're trying to recover. What was the thing you said? I think it was last week. The spear of something. The spear of destiny, which is essentially, the, yeah. from my understanding, the spear that pierced Jesus' side at the crucifixion. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're biblical. Funnily, funnily enough, that's the same name I give my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if only the Germans had use of that, mate. <laughs> That's right, yep. Go for the world. Uh, and I'm not even circumcised, so they wouldn't think I'm a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've drank too much. Anyway, off you go. Again, thanks for joining us, our German listeners. It's great to have you with us. Bless them. Sorry? <sighs> I just said bless them. Oh, bless them, and then you were sipping some shit. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. So just to kick things off, though, there were some different symbols that represent, well, a, many different beliefs within the, the overarching name occult. But the Nazi occultism, just to touch on that because we were just mentioning it, yep. is the black sun. Okay, what's that? Something that rings a bell with you? As, no? Yeah, it sounds familiar. I also wrote a song years ago called, years ago called The Black Sun. Did you? Well, there you go. Well, it's actually like a – it does look like a black sun, and it's got 12 sig runes, which that's that's what they're called. They're kind of like a jagged line, comes out of a circle, okay. and like a little piece at the end that goes off to the side. So it's like a little jagged kind of L-shaped rune, and they all come out of this sun at the centre, but it is a black sun, of course. Yeah. So it does actually look like a black sun. Right. but. That is the symbol of Nazi occultism. So okay. I think Heinrich Himmler was uh, at the centre of all of that. And there was also the, the Thule Society, which I think they've used this um, kind of title in Hellboy and they've they've used it, like we said, in Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade where they're looking for the, the Holy Grail and the, the, um, the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, yep. But, yeah, so feeling that these biblical... Uh, 
items of archaeology would give them a, a mystical power that would give the German army and the Nazi soldiers, you know, some kind of superhuman uh, strength over others. Isn't it, but, isn't it interesting that they were um, obviously going the scientific approach, well, if you can call it scientific, where they were experimenting on people to try and figure out how to become a stronger race and all that kind of thing. But they're also, on the spiritual side, they're exploring, like, you know, the dark powers and all that kind of thing too. It's kind of, it's just makes them even more evil, doesn't it? It really does. So what yeah. it's known as pseudoscience. Yeah. So, it's, again, it's a bit like the occult overall where not, it's not really got factual evidence behind it, but they created, like, the, the Aryan uh, idea. Yeah. And the Nordic races being, you know, more advanced Superior. in yeah, yep. So what they started to do was actually create the evidence, like actually fabricating the evidence. Um, they would call it finding the evidence, like having actual pseudo-archaeologists right. finding the evidence and, and, I guess, creating the backstory for it. Right, like okay. creating saying, well, you know, this is the, the Holy Grail, the Spear of Destiny, and this is its history, and this is why it relates to the Aryan uh, history of, of our culture, and this is why it's relevant today. And sort of try and join it all up. So, and sort, of, then, so sort of like rewriting it for their own yep, uh, purpose. Completely. And, and also, mm. in, in so, also talking down, you know, the Jews particularly. Yeah. Um, and and also you know the Russian peoples and and the um, the Romas, you know the the different cultures throughout Eastern Europe, particularly like oh, the Romanovs. Yep, yep, yep. And and talking about you know, all of the negatives with that, that all of these benefits are belonging to the Aryan race. Yeah. So they created the science and created the history and archaeology behind it to serve their purpose. Um, very and very uh, very thorough. <laughs> Very thorough. You can never, you can never call the Nazis lazy, could you? Oh no, no, very disciplined and definitely not lazy. Yeah. So, the pseudoscience division uh, that was actually in operation, I think it actually shut down uh, at the start of World War Two. So it was more through the thirties when Nazi Germany was building its power and and not at war yet. Okay. Uh, it was called, now I'll try and get the pronunciation at least close, I think it was called Arnenerba. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. Can you say that again, please, Big Woz? Arnenerba. I used to go to school with a kid like that, actually. I think it's like a slight Arnenerba. I think it's... A slight Arnold kind of feel to it because um, there is an A-H. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, that- a, I'm a burger. I'm <laughs> a burger. You want a burger, Daniel? I'm a <laughs> burger. <laughs> anyway, so I, I found that quite interesting because that is actually a, a historical society that was uh, created and – I think, you know, these things all branched off and were their own thing. But essentially the Thule Society um, backed the, uh, I think it was the Socialist Workers' Party, which became, of course, the, the Nazi Party. Right, okay, yep. 
And so it was sort of part of the roots of the entire Nazi movement. So I, I guess there's a lot there to learn, um, and we're certainly not going to do it. So yeah, I like I like skipping across the the bulk of it though. Skipping across the pond of a cult. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, let's take a leap to another lily pad. Um, so other symbols, and and you would probably recognize some of these others so the upside down cross yep which is the antichrist isn't it well satanism and the antichrist took that symbol because i guess it is you know the opposite of what the christian church uses yeah yeah, that's right interestingly enough actually originated as the cross of saint peter okay so it is actually a religious symbol oh okay right and made into, I guess, a more recognisable symbol for the, you know, the satanic church. But um, St. Peter, who didn't want to feel that he was worthy enough to die like Jesus Christ had, yeah. we crucified on the cross that way up, uh, actually wanted to be crucified upside down. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I didn't either. So, yeah. And that came the, the cross of St. Peter. So that was an interesting thing to learn. But, yes, we do associate it much more now with, you know, the much more evil side of things, and it's a very popular image within movies about that kind of stuff as well. That's right. But talk, talking of Jesus, yes. um, do you know that back in the day um, when when this chap was around, yeah. Uh, yeah. the authorities believed he was um, a teacher of the occult because it was so – it was not the mainstream. He was doing the opposite. He was doing the thing that – um, you know that they didn't like. He he was sort of preaching something something else, and, of and out of the square. So that was like uh, uh, essentially that was occultism. Yes, yeah. of course. I thought that was fascinating when I read that. Actually, I was like, oh wow. <laughs> so you know, like, and and what I uh, what I learned from my research was that basically anything that isn't the norm and norm inverted commas you know like uh catholicism or christianity anything outside of that so like uh, uh what did i read about uh, uh the wiccan you know no wiccan yeah yeah i read a little bit about that as well yeah which i think now don't don't quote me on this but i think is like the white witch uh side of things so there's the black witch and there's the white witch the white witch is basically things like natural medicines and 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 therapies and things like that so but even that obviously back in the day was seen as like well no we like to beat the shit out of people until they're dead to make sure they're godly enough um where (laughs) anything else must be the devil's work (laughs) that's exactly what they said too that you that's a quote that you've (laughs) yeah it was those guys at plymouth i think that discovered that (laughs) university of plymouth back in uh... (laughs) yeah said that line but i found that interesting that yeah it's it's essentially anything that uh uh steps outside of that um the general sort of uh thinking was classed as part of the occult exactly and i th- the thing is and i think this is where it gets confusing is that some of the symbolism and like even just what we were saying about the cross of saint peter yeah. is is it's used across several different branches of occultism where it's and then you, you go okay i don't quite understand like how does that interconnect there but it's just yeah they've taken a symbol and they're using it yeah. so wiccan 
um, practitioners will also make a pentagram, for example. Yeah, exactly. But it's not it's, in their eyes, it's not an evil thing. That's right. So they're using sticks and herbs and flowers to mark the corners to sort of, yeah, represent, I guess, magic of the earth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whereas, yeah, we associate the pentagram with far more evil things. Yeah. I think that's where people get, uh, well, not confused. I mean, we don't understand it either, but people immediately write it off as an evil thing that, you know, we're talking about human sacrifice and murder and um, bleeding of animals out onto the, you know. We've got no idea what the Wiccans are about, but I don't no. think about causing harm to, to living things. No, that's right. And I, I, I find it interesting that in 2020, it's still ingrained in us to think that anything occult is the black arts, is is evil, is bad, when really, I mean, it's it comes down to interpretation, you know? Um, it comes down to people just having a different belief system. And, yeah, like, sure, I, so, I sort of scratched my head. I, as you know, I'm not religious, but I, I, I scratched my head to think why anyone would go, well, there's God and then there's Satan. I'm going to go for Satan. Like, I don't see why, unless they're just going for shock value, I don't see why anyone would, like, just go, nah, it's all about the devil and Satan and, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Like, why, why err on the negative side when I think the positive side could be better? But then you could argue that, you know, maybe the positive side isn't full of positives. But that's a that's a that's a deeper discussion, I think. <laughs> also based on what your understanding of what Satanism is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think the people that would be practitioners, I'm not defending them, but I, I think it's probably not something that you can write off easily as being necessarily evil. Yeah, I, they right. just reject uh, Christian teachings. Yeah. And they embrace uh, more pleasures of the earth. Yeah, yeah. The pleasures of the here and now, and and I, I think they call themselves that. For, yes, for a little shock value, um, but also to represent the opposite of the Christian belief system. Yep. So I don't think it's all as sort of dark and nasty as people might want to portray it as. Um, and. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. I know, I'm sure there's probably people that do embrace it and call it Satanism and like cutting up mice and drinking their blood, but like, you know, it's maybe fewer and far between. Yeah. But uh, the another one that I found interesting as well was the – now, you've probably – you won't recognise the name uh, Baphomet, but you would know the symbol of the pentagram with the kind of – uh, goat's skull with the horns within it. Well, it's funny you say that because Bathomet is actually my middle name, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> but look, honestly, um, I didn't know that. And, uh, like, to know that now, I, I find it it's a beautiful name. Yeah, it's, it really it's Luke Bathomet Alice and in my yeah. surname. <laughs> And, and the interesting thing is, you actually fit the description of a horned, winged goat human. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, within a pentagram symbol, as often as you possibly can. Much to the distress of my neighbours, that's how I get around the streets of my local neighbourhood. Especially when you're eight beers in and lying in the middle of the road that's naked. Right. They go, oh, fuck that Luke guy's, that Luke Bithamat Alice guy is at it again. <laughs> You told them all your middle name oh, as well. Yeah, of course. I, I scream it out at the top of my lungs on the stroke of midnight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it's a great, great image, though. But what is interesting also about that that symbol, the goat's head with the horns within the pentagram, which is which is another satanic uh, symbol, is that the origin is from the Knights Templar. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, wow, I that's cool. The back history of that, but I just find it interesting that something that originates in something completely unlike what it becomes and what it's identified with now. Something something holy, technically. What, at what stage does someone take it and say, well, no, actually, I'm going to turn this into our thing. This is going to be our symbol that's going to represent us completely, perfectly. Well, like, like, uh, like you were talking before about the Nazis taking the um, – is it is it the Hindu symbol? The, the swastika, that was a symbol of peace. And then they they uh, inverted it and you know changed it around and and made it their symbol of of the opposite. I got one word for you, mate. Marketing. Oh yeah, yeah. We I think we've touched on that before with the Nazis. Anyway, it's all about marketing, and they they must have just pushed it the right way. But um, even that symbol, the black sun, yeah. you, you see the. I'm sure I've seen it as a black sun on a white circle in a red flag. Oh, okay, yeah, very striking, yeah. From the swastika. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just representing a different kind of branch of the, the Nazi system. But Same, same colours as Coca-Cola, coincidentally. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it all links together in That's the right. end. That's right. It goes in here somewhere. Hello? Hello, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just drinking. Oh, okay, sorry. I just... <laughs> I'm going to assume this from now on. Yeah. Um so, but also two more symbols, two more symbols before I, I close this shit down. Yep. Alchemy. Oh, okay, yeah, turning lead into gold. Or I think turning a lot of things into gold, isn't it? Is oh, it, is I, it? I thought it was just lead. Or I'm not sure. I, thought, I don't know. For some reason, I always imagined it as just turning anything into gold. It's like creating gold. Oh, okay, yep. I think, yeah, okay, yep. So it's actually a circle with a dot in the middle. Oh, okay. Like it's a, it's a quite a simple uh, symbol, yep. but I'm sure I, I'm not sure if they had those. Uh, you know, do they put them on the door of their abode to show that they are? Do they or put an alchemist, it? Yeah, yeah, like on some sort of little uh, badge or charm that they wear around their neck. It's interesting that these practices actually have a symbol to represent them. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being an alchemist. Well, that'd be like, pretty cool. Have you read Have you read The Alchemist? No, I haven't. It's a It's a classic. It's actually, um, it's actually really good. Uh, uh, a lady friend that I had years ago uh, bought the book for me, and I was glued to it. Uh, yeah, it was a real page turner. It's I don't think, well, I don't, first, I don't think you're supposed to glue yourself to the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a pornographic book, so I used my own glue. Um, and it was no, no, no. It was. It's actually really, really good. I've got it if you'd like to borrow it. But um, yeah, no, I definitely uh, highly recommend read. Well, as long as there's no damage caused by the glue, I'll, I might have to have a. Re- <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so talking about uh, symbols and and the occult and stuff like that, it, it straight away makes me think of um, uh, the Masons. Now I know they're technically not an occult; they're a club, really. Um, but their their whole um, culture is full of symbols and bits and bobs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bits and bobs is probably what I would have chosen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the name of the head Imperial Wizard. I oh, know Imperial <laughs> Wizard is KKK, isn't it? 
Yeah, but you know what? Imperial Wizard can work in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, have you ever known anyone to be part of the Masons? Uh, no. Well, as far as you know, Warren, hey, 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 hey. It's a secret society. It's very cloak and dagger. I, an ex-girlfriend of mine, her dad was part of the Masons, so I'll probably be assassinated for even saying it. Um, <laughs> but I won't mention any names. But, um, yeah, he actually t- – he didn't tell me too much, but he showed me a bit of the garb that they wore because he had it in, like, a, a suitcase thing that he would take off it, one, you know, like load up his suitcase once a month and go to these meetings. Um, I think his one was in Richmond. Um yeah, but anyway, uh, and it was like an apron. It was like a really badly made apron, the kind of thing you'd make in textiles class when you're like 12 years old. And right. with, with these weird, like, bright red and star, like, symbols and stars and lines and dots. One of them looked, I remember one of them looking like a, you know, the symbol for division when you're doing maths? Yes. Yeah, it looked like that, but it was like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a more of an angle sort of thing, I suppose, like a forty-five degree angle. But it was that symbol. Yes. Um, yeah, and it was just yeah, just really like like a kid had sort of thrown all these bits of fabric together. It was very strange. But the thing he told me was because I said to him, "Oh, so is it true that you know you've all got each other's backs and you you get each other out of strife?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, because." I was part of the police force back in the 80s and I took to going into shops and saying, hey, you know, like a, a furniture shop, for example, and saying, can we have, I'll take this armchair, but I'll, I'll up the security and we'll make sure we do more patrols in your area and I'll take this microwave or this TV, but we'll come round and make sure everything's uh, okie-dokie for you. So, and then he, so he was doing that. Then he got busted, right? And then, he, and then you know, it was going to go to court and all that kind of thing. He ended up speaking to a person he knew at the Masons who was a judge and he said, leave it with me and I'll sort it out. And what he ended up doing was he did no prison time, no fine, no nothing like that, but he just had to leave the police force. Right, okay. <laughs> so there you go. So it pays to be part of these uh, secretive little clubs. <laughs> it does. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to know what it what it represents, the Freemasons, other than a structure. Yeah, like that's a, right, yeah. A and it's and, it's so secretive that um, we're never really going to know either. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, they've got their lodge, the Grand Lodge, and the different uh, Masonic temples, and they sort of observe um, a lot of practices. But yeah, I think I think it did, like literally uh, the, the word Mason. I think it did come from uh, say, uh, artisans and craftsmen from yeah. you know in the. Uh, in the medieval times, yeah, well, they, they were they were literally the builders of the cities. So they yeah. so they built the the structures, they built everything. So therefore, they were sort of um, almost worshipped, you know. Yeah, and I guess probably saw themselves as having a bit of a special power or yeah. that others didn't possess, and probably looked across things, going, "Yeah, we probably should run this shit." But as far but as far as joining, um, I used to work with a guy called Rodolfo. Um, and he said to me when he because he was from El Salvador when he first came to Australia he knocked on the door of one of these places because he thought it was a, a Catholic church because you know how often they look they look like a like a or not a cathedral but they look like a church almost you know so he went up and knocked on the door and uh, and with someone because he thought they were a retard <laughs> yeah but he he knocked on the door and the guy answered and he said oh is this a church and he goes oh no no this is the Masons. 
He goes, I'll oh, come in. I'll, I'll, you know, show you around and stuff. And he showed him around the place and then said to him, said to Rodolfo at the end, uh, are you interested in joining? And he goes, it's a, basically a club and all you have to do is apply and you'll go through a bit of a process and we'll decide if you're suitable or not. And yeah. Rodolfo was not interested because he thought it was a church. Um, but yeah. it sounded like a pretty simple process. I thought it was, you know, you're going to have to be paddled, like you have your ass paddled and then you're going to have to do all these different sort of initiations and blah, blah, blah. But it sounded like you just sign up and go, all right, yep, this is me. And then they go, yeah, no, you seem okay, so you're in. Well, who knows really? Maybe the initiation had several levels. Mm. So they started with the, yeah, you can join the club. And then the second one was the ass paddling. Yeah, and then they said, right now you need to go kill like a, a 65-year-old yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, he has to be 65 and he has to not be a mason. <laughs> yeah. Um, have I got any other recordings, Warren, that we need to play? No, well, I don't know, mate. You're the one that collects them. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh... So I've got a bit of a story. Um, I'll play that now. I uh, can't remember what it was, but I'll play it now and we'll know what it is. Fantastic. Excellent. <laughs> Hang on a minute. See you mate. soon. We'll come back with final thoughts. Okay. G'day, this is Luke, one half of Fly on the Wall podcast. The other half is Big Waz. He was last seen flying a biplane over Bondi Beach, strafing the idiots there with his uh, machine gun fire. Um, <clears throat> got a story for you. I was just, just got some petrol and got chatting as I do. I got chatting to the dude behind the counter and he was saying, um, is it just me or is it getting crazier out there? No, he didn't say that, but he said it is getting crazy out there. And he told me a story that he went to Woolworths, which is one of our supermarkets here in Australia. And uh, he went there yesterday morning and um, a guy in front of him had a trolley f- like with like four or five packs of toilet roll paper he was told no. He was told by the checkout person, no, you can only have uh, one. So he just left it there. He just walked off. He went, fuck this, walked away. And then as the, the guy I was talking to, as he was being served, he said that, uh, yeah, the guy had gone outside, picked up an empty trolley and then slammed it into the glass, into the window and it just shattered and he ran off. So, <laughs> um, well, not funny, it's fucking crazy, but yeah, I, I don't even know what to say to that, to be honest. It's, um, it's definitely getting a little bit crazy out there. And like I said in last week's episode, um, I tend to worry more about people than I do the actual virus. Yes, I'm taking all the precautions, keeping my distance and cleaning myself and cleaning my, my ball bag and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, um, you know, very mindful of people <laughs> as well. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't scare easy, but I'm just, you know, I've got my eyes open and I'm being more observant than ever. So be careful, be mindful, um, and yeah, keep your eyes open, people, because uh, the crazies are out and about. Hello to my favorite Aussie men. I hope you guys are having a great day. And um, I'm doing well in this coronavirus stuff. I'm living life as I normally would. I work in healthcare and I'm not freaking out. Um, I know how to wash my hands and like just gown up and stuff if somebody's coughing or sneezing or whatever. But 
Life is good. The sun was shining today. Got the convertible out with my son and went to the lake, drank a few beers and chatted with some friends and had a damn good time. Oh, coffin fit. Okay, we're back in. Uh, my name's Luke. And my name's Big Falls. And I'm just finishing off the last inch of beer on my ninth <laughs> beer, Warren, which is uh, oh, you know, something God. to celebrate, I think. <laughs> it really is, mate. Uh, I would say better reason for celebrating is next week is 52 episodes and a full year of podcasting. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I, um, uh, one, I didn't think I'd live to see the day. Um, and two, yep. I've forgotten what two is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm excited about one year in. <laughs> two can just be that you really felt strongly about one. That, yeah, yeah, That'll that's, do. That's it, yeah. um, yep. Any final thoughts on the, tonight's show? No, it's been interesting, mate. <laughs> it's been good. Uh, no, no, it's been good. nice, mate. Always nice to catch up with you, have a laugh. Uh, we chatted about the occult. We had our our guests included into the recording, and yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, it's always been, is. I always enjoy myself. I've got to say, and you know, you know, when you get really honest, when you're starting to get drunk, yeah. Yep. Now it's okay. Like, don't don't freak out. I'm not going to say. Oh, that. Wait, I mate. shouldn't. But I, That's I, okay. I am missing you, buddy. I'm missing driving around with you and talking. You know, like, um, and it is what it is. You know, we got to do. We got to sort of adapt to the current situation of the world. But yeah. I'm definitely missing seeing your 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 fuzzy face and your, uh, <laughs> your magnetic blue eyes. Oh, thanks, mate. And on the same, and on the same token, I'm missing, you know, because we haven't had band practice with the other boys, Keith and Glenn. Well, that's for a while. that's right, mate. You're missing that as well. Missing that as well. Like, like I said, I, I feel very grateful that I can. Um, I'm still working, and it's sort of business as usual. But yeah, on the personal side of things, I suppose I'm yeah, I'm missing my mates. Well, I would. I think it's fair to say you are both comfortable in your own company, but you're also. A bit of an extrovert as well, and you like to to get out there and talk to people and visit people and hang out with people. So I can see that it would probably start to be something that that hurts. Like me, I don't I don't miss any of you. And strangely, um, laying on the road <laughs> naked, screaming at the moon doesn't yeah. doesn't like draw people out to towards me. You know? Right? Yeah, because you'd think they'd be flocking towards you. Yeah, yeah Luke, but... that's the pen. <laughs> Alice or whatever your name is. Yeah, Bethamet. Yeah, Bedpan. Bedpan Alice. Yeah, good old Bedpan Alice. It sounds like a, a mad person in a old asylum back in the day. It does actually. Well, good, good name for a band, Bedpan Alice. Bedpan Alice, yeah, kind of cool. Alice, what Alice, sort of music Bedpan would that be? Bedpan Alice. Um, I'm feeling like it's like a real like garagey Aussie punk rock. Yeah, I was thinking punk, definitely. Yeah, like early ACDC kind of stuff, you know? Right, right. So, right. yeah, nothing too complicated. Just, yeah, banging Alice, out the Alice, jams. Dead bad Alice! <laughs> <laughs> <With> a little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could, that's got a lot of promise. Maybe we could so. come back and the, the mini side project of the main project. When we do finally get back as a band, can be Bedpan Alice. Bedpan Alice. I think I'm going to go wake the kids up by shaking them. 
in their beds and sing that. Alice, Alice, Ben, Ben, Alice. <laughs> they'll, they'll appreciate that. They really will. Oh, and, uh, well, back to the point, though. Yeah. I, I do miss you too, mate. And uh, But it's good that we can still do this. It's still, it's still good we can put out a podcast yeah, weekly, fun. as we have been doing now. Yeah, well, this is the third yeah. one of our yeah. remote we sessions. Are, is it a third one? Wow, that's gone quick. Yep. Uh, I think, uh, you know, with a beacon of light in the darkness, Warren. No, that's it. It feels strangely familiar to say that, but I think it's true. Yeah, I think it's true. I think it's true for us. Yep. But it's true for our listeners too. I hope so. I really do hope so. And I hope everyone um, can look after themselves and get something positive out of the week, whatever it is, however small or big it is. Stay safe. Look after one another. And um, we'll see you real soon. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, people. Um, you know, don't don't be a douche and go out and and spread the virus and spread germs. Just just do what you got to do. And uh, again, big shout out to Jamingus. He's he's one of the unsung heroes. You know, I think. Uh, yeah, That's it. big kudos to that guy. Absolutely, and you know, if you're looking for something to do, there are 51 episodes of Fly on the Wall podcast to get back there <laughs> and listen to right from the get go. Up to now. You so you're listen, ready for you could, 52. You could listen to half of them, and I reckon it will get, you know, one each day, and it will get you through isolation. It will. It will. Yeah. It will pull you through. You'll feel like we're sitting there with you hanging out. That's, that's right, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, be good to yourselves. Be good to your goats. Toodles! Toodles!